It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. we got a great one for you today here on this 824 Kobe Bryant Day here on this Monday, August 24th, as we look to recap UFC Fight Night Munoz versus Edgar, which took place on Saturday, August 22nd at the UFC Apex facility in Las Vegas, Nevada. And what a great day to be back on the air with you guys. A whole lot of stuff going on in the world of sports, obviously. Like uh, like I said just a second ago, chiefly we'll be we'll be looking at Munoz and Edgar. Um, was not the worst fight card in UFC history. I can I can say that pretty safely. Um, it was certainly stacked up to be one of the worst cards in UFC history. But like I like I always say, uh, you know, just because it looks bad on paper doesn't mean it's going to be bad in actuality. Um, oftentimes it does, but you know. Just because they're unknown fighters doesn't mean they're they're not willing to uh, die in the cage, to use that uh, tired cliche. Um, yeah, I don't think I have a whole lot of housekeeping. Oh, uh, I'm the champ again. I'm the champ again. I have to update that on the website. Um, but I am the champ. I, I beat the fireman. The fire has been extinguished. I believe I beat him 50-47 in the uh, main card showdown. So, I mean, feels good. I mean, he had his fun. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I like Mizzou. I went to Mizzou. You know, I'm pretty much the Michael Chandler of uh, North Star Sports. You know, I had that weird loss to Brent Primus. But, you know, I mean, we rebound from that. You know, sometimes, you know, things happen. Things happen. So, I mean, I still have the most wins, the longest title defense. You know, and, and now, now I'm a two-time champ. You know, I'm pretty much like Stipe at this point. So, um, all good on that front. Other than that, I don't have a whole lot to get to here. So, let's uh, get right into the main event. So, it was a split decision win for Frankie Edgar over Pedro Munoz. Uh, I believe that makes Frankie Edgar, I want to say, the 11th UFC fighter to get wins in three different divisions. I fr- I've... I obviously can't rattle off everyone who who had that uh, occur, but it's like Conor McGregor, Jared Cannonier, Kenny Florian. Um, oh, uh, um, BJ Penn, Diego Sanchez. I want to say so guys like this. So, I mean, pretty impressive performance uh, when you look at it that way. When you look at it um, purely from a scoring standpoint. Uh, real ones, like I tweeted out, real ones, no Pedro Munoz won this one. Um, I, I don't really see how you could think that Frankie Edgar won this fight. And that's not to say it's not close. It was a very competitive fight. But we're in the 10, we're in the 10 point must scoring system. So just because it's a close fight doesn't mean that there's not a winner in each round. No, both can be true at the same time. It was a close fight, but there has to be a winner each round. And for more rounds, I thought Munoz won. I thought Munoz uh, pretty clearly won the first round. Uh, second round pretty clearly was Frankie Edgar. 
And then... I... Okay, I, I'm a little wacky when, I, when it comes to scoring, but I scored the next three rounds for Munoz. I scored rounds three through five for Munoz. So for me, I agree with uh, Sal Diamato. I think it was a 49-46 win for Munoz. Wouldn't argue with you at all if you said it was 48-47 Munoz over Edgar, but I, I would argue with you if you said it was 48-47 Edgar. What three rounds do you think he won? Like, <laughs> I don't... I don't get it. What three rounds do you think he won? It's just... You're, I don't understand some of these judging. And I understand that MMA doesn't have the greatest scoring system in the world because we're using a fucking boxing scoring system. But under the current scoring system, yeah, that's 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 a win for uh, Pedro Munoz. So one of my favorite websites is MMADecisions.com. Sounds like a ad read, but I assure you it's not because I'm getting no money from them. Um, although if they'd like to pay me money, then feel free. Uh, but I love the MMA decision website because that lets you know um, how the media scored the fight and uh, how how the people how the people scored the fight. So I figured, you know, now would be a perfect time to pull that up. So um, probably looks like there was 25 media scores on here, or maybe I, I maybe I'm just bad at counting. Maybe like 20, and um, four of them had it for Edgar. So, I mean, like, four out of, like, 23 scored it for Edgar. Now, obviously, the media is not always super reliable. I think MMA media is pretty reliable, to be honest, um, particularly when it comes to scoring. MMA Mania had it 49-46 for Edgar, which they are smoking fucking crack if they think that's a 49-46 Edgar. That is... uh, I can't even talk to you if you think that that's the case. Like, I can't even... Like, if you... If you thought it was 48-47 Edgar, you're you're dead wrong, but I could try to explain to you why Pedro Munoz won the fight at least 48-47. But if you're 49-46 Edgar, you are so far gone that I couldn't even it would be it would be a waste of my time to even talk to you to try to explain to you why Munoz won because you're so far off base that we're not even we're not even talking the same thing. Like I'm talking algebra and you're you're talking Chinese or uh, or Mandarin. Like we're not even in, in the same field. It wouldn't even make sense to have a conversation. More than half of the media scored it 48-47 for Munoz, and more media members scored it, almost twice as many media members scored it 49-46 for Munoz than any media member who scored it for Edgar. So there was four who scored it for Edgar, and there was seven or eight that scored it 49-46 for Munoz. Uh, Let me show the results here. I want to see so the fans are a little weird on this one. It was the fan scoring, for whatever that's worth, because you could just type in whatever the fuck you thought, or whatever, you could just type in random shit on this website, so it's not exactly uh, super indicative, but um, fans, 55% of the fans thought it was a win for Munoz, 42 thought it was a win for uh, Frankie Edgar. Now, obviously Brazil, looks like four times as, four times as many Brazilians thought that Munoz won as opposed to Edgar, but even when you look at the demographic of uh, the United States, still more people thought Munoz won that fight. It was a pretty clear-cut uh, decision. Um, very fortuitous for uh, Frankie Edgar because, I mean, he's just one went away from a title shot, you know, given his, his big name and, you know, the UFC takes care of their own. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's unfortunate. You got to feel really bad for a guy like Pedro Munoz. Felt really sad for him on the post-fight interview. 
I mean, what the fuck? Like, ah, that's frustrating. Munoz certainly won that fight. Um, he he landed more strikes. So just so just statistically, now obviously the refs don't have uh, access to the stats as it's going on. So st- stats are kind of a null point. They're more of an armchair quarterback thing, but. Statistically, Pedro Munoz won more rounds. He outstruck Edgar for more rounds. But even... So, it was a competitive fight. But even, like, Munoz was always the one, for the most part. Like, 80% of the fight, Munoz was walking Edgar down. Now, I understand in the in the scoring criteria, I think that's like 3 or 4. But it still factors in. And certainly in a quote-unquote competitive fight, a close fight, that factors in. So, Munoz was the one walking him down. And Munoz landed the bigger shots... Uh, Edgar might have landed a couple big shots, but Munoz by far outstruck him on on the big uh, the big damage strikes. Although during the broadcast they said that Edgar was was winning a lot of the rounds or some of the rounds with uh, significant strikes, which I um, I don't buy at all. Because um, well, obviously those live stats are not always accurate because you know they just kind of have to toss them in, they'll go back and clean them up. Um, but also like okay. So anytime Frankie Edgar landed, Munoz was always landing two or three counter shots. So, I don't know. I guess if you just fucking hate counter strikers, then I could never even convince you that Pedro Munoz won this fight. But Pedro Munoz's strategy was to sit there, let Frankie fire first, and then fucking smack him with shots. So, yeah, Munoz was was a counter striker, but he he, he definitely was winning the engagement, so... Um, I don't know, and, you know, Frankie had a couple of takedowns, but they were all in that one round, and he didn't he didn't really do anything with it. He took him down, uh, he got back up, he kind of threw him down, uh, but he didn't land on top of him, so Munoz just stood up. The whole exchange was probably about 12 seconds, just a complete waste of energy for Frankie Edgar. I guess that looks good. It looks good to, you know, judges or, or whatever, because you, you took him down and threw him down, but you didn't do anything with it, so... I don't know. Unfortunate for um, <clears throat> for Pedro Munoz. Um, and that was the only ranked fight we had on the card, so I figured now is as, uh, as good of a time as ever to look at the North Star Sports UFC rankings, which you can find at northstarsports.media forward slash, forward slash rankings. Um, big changes to the featherweight and bantamweight division. Um, pretty much entirely because of Frankie Edgar, so... Uh, Frankie Edgar, we had him at number eight um, in the featherweight division, so obviously he leaves the featherweight division, so everybody below him bumps up a spot. So that means Stevens, Burgos, Ige, Allen, Barboza, Hall, Yusuf, uh, all move up one spot. And then I had I had some trouble trying to trying to pick a number fifteen, but I settled on Bryce Mitchell. So Bryce Mitchell is now ranked in the number fifteen spot in the featherweight division. I mean, there was a couple of other guys that that could have been deserving, but I think Mitchell's like three and zero or four and zero at this point. Um, so just by sheer number of wins, I guess we felt comfortable. I felt comfortable putting him in there at fifteen. Um, and then Frankie Edgar, obviously, he debuted at bantamweight, so he beats Munoz. He is now uh, the number five bantamweight in the North Star Sports rankings because he beat the number five guy. So. Generally, whenever you beat the guy above you, I'm just going to give you his spot because that makes a lot of fucking sense to me. Um, we moved Munoz down. Actually, you know what? Everybody moved down a spot. Everybody moved down a spot. 
Um, we only moved Munoz down one spot. So he's, Munoz is still ahead of Aldo and Rivera and Asuncao. Just because Munoz, we, if you look at his recent history, he has a win over Garbrandt. He's at number three. Uh, he has a loss to Sterling, who's the top guy. And we couldn't move him below Aldo because Aldo technically doesn't have a win at bantamweight. Um, so we only moved Munoz down one. And also, Munoz won the fucking fight, so I'm not going to move him down fucking four spots in a stacked division. No, he... We all know you won the fight. Technically, we have to abide by... I mean, we don't have to, I guess, but... I mean, it counts as a win for Edgar, so we'll respect the the UFC judging. We've never not respected the UFC judging when it comes to making moves. Um, But we're only going to move him down one spot because that was a bullshit loss. And and, and Edgar is tough. He is tough. Fair enough to, to him. So everybody moves down a spot, so that means Munoz, Aldo, Rivera, Asuncao, Cruz, Font, Stamen, Yadong... Wallace, Wheelie, and Vera all move down one spot. And unfortunately, that means our, our old number 15 is now unranked. So that would be, excuse me, that would be John Dodson. So John Dodson is no longer ranked in the bantamweight division. Kind of sad. He certainly deserves to be ranked, but the bantamweight division is, is just so fucking deep that, I mean, sucks to sucks to be him. He, you know, he's he, he gets uh, unranked here, so. A lot of shifting in the bantamweight division, really over the last like five months. Um, yeah, sucks that. I mean, Dodson like three months ago was like the number eleven bantamweight in our rankings. I want to say, and now he's 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 gone. You know, loses Davalishvili, and um, you know Davalishvili comes into the rankings. Vera comes into the rankings. O'Malley was in the rankings for a couple of weeks. Um, so. You know, it's it's tough. It's tough. That is probably one of the most stacked divisions in in the UFC. Uh, moving on here to the co-main event, it was a uh, knockout victory for Mike Rodriguez over Martin Prochnio. Who gives a fuck? Uh, good for Mike Rodriguez. Uh, Prochnio is now 0-3 in the UFC. There's no fucking way this ever should have been the co-main event. Uh, but this is what happens when we try to fill cards just because we have contractual obligations and when people fall uh, or when fights fall out this is what happens Rodriguez was one in four in his or one in three in his last four fights Prochnio didn't even have a win in the UFC and these guys are co-main eventing an actual UFC sponsored fight card absolutely embarrassing Prochnio looked real bad I would cut him I would have cut him after his last performance but I certainly would cut him after this one good for Rodriguez seems like a good guy I'm you know whatever his kind of struggled a little bit in the UFC obviously has that no contest uh, a couple of fights ago, I think due to him uh, having some illegal strikes on John Allen. Um, it was a good knockout. It was a hellacious elbow knockout. So it, it was a good performance. And, you know, Rodriguez should feel blessed that he was in that position and put on a performance like that when he had absolutely no business being in that in that spot. Uh, moving on here in the featured bout, Joe Selecki and Austin Hubbard. Fe- uh, uh, speaking of a fight that was bumped up, I think twice, because that for sure was on the prelims, and then I think it was on the main card, and then, fuck if I know which other fight fell out, but another fight fell out, and uh, they got bumped up to the featured bout. Selecki chokes out Austin Hubbard. Uh, Like I said, this provides a lot more clarity. We now know where Austin Hubbard stands. We saw him have some good wins uh, and and some tough losses and and a loss to Selecki. Now we kind of we kind of know where he is. He's kind of at the lower level of of the UFC. Uh, you know, a win over uh, Roshkov and a win over Prepolik, and then two tough losses to Madsen and Hamosh. 
Uh, it lets me. It certainly lets me know what level Joe Selecki's on. Um, so that's a contender series guy. Uh, seems like a good guy. Obviously, I, I don't know him, but uh, you know, only 26. Uh, he's got a pretty good reach for 155, and I was impressed by his performance. It was quick. Um, wouldn't shock me at all if he had a if he had a, a quick turnaround. Didn't really seem to take uh, any damage. So, I mean, that's certainly a name to to watch out for at 155. Obviously. You know, probably going to be years before he's, you know, relevant at the highest level. And I guess by that, I mean, you know, ranked. But, you know, definitely got to watch out for him. Um, it was a night of crazy comebacks. Crazy comebacks. So, uh, starting here, well, I guess we're going down from the top. So, I guess this would have been the last of the crazy comebacks. But uh, the way we're doing it, uh, this, I guess, is the first that you're hearing about. Uh, but Shanna Dobson knocks out Maria Agapova in the second round. Uh, a really embarrassing performance by Agapova. Uh, props to Dobson, because again, a fighter that probably shouldn't be in the UFC, was on a three-fight losing streak, had a sub-500 record, which I don't even care if it's, you know, the more newly developed women's divisions. If you're a sub-500 fighter, I mean, it probably shouldn't be in the UFC. And, and listen, there's, there's a difference between being a sub-500 fighter and being a, a Mark Hunt, and being a sub-500 fighter and being a Shanna Dobson you know, or Sajara Eubanks, you know what I mean? So, uh, but good for her. I mean, she really weathered uh, the storm. She was something fucking ridiculous. I think the UFC said she was a minus 1,200, uh, or Agapova was a minus 1,200 underdog. Wait a minute. No, 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 no. Whatever. Agapova was the the favorite. Dobson was the severe underdog. I saw Dobson as, as low as minus 1,500. Uh, I forget where. It might have been Odd Shark. Um, but just a, uh, an embarrassing performance by Agapova, just completely gassed. Uh, I don't know, you can try to do some gangster dancing before the fight, but you sure as fuck better win it, and, uh, yeah, I don't know if anybody told her it was a, it was a three-round, 15-minute fight, and not, uh, not a seven-minute fight, because if it was a seven-minute fight, then, holy shit, Agapova's running away with that fight, but, yeah, just, <laughs> and this is why we gotta stop... We gotta stop the hype train on one and zero fighters, you know what I mean? Like I love Hamzat Chemaev, and I'm not picking on him. I'm just saying this for anybody who's young in the UFC. Hamzat Chemaev in his next fight could get absolutely fucking murdered by a guy who's not even ranked. And then what? What would you say if that happened? You know what I mean? So I'm still very high on Chemaev, obviously. But when when we talk about people who aren't even ranked, who are very far away from being ranked, uh, who who have had impressive UFC debuts, how about we just pump the fucking brakes here? Like, oh, Agapova, when's she gonna take on Shevchenko? Ah, probably fucking never, because it's pretty hard to, to get to a title shot, and this is a 1-0 fighter who uh, has a very low fight IQ from what I saw on Saturday, so, I mean, not looking great, not looking great, but again, I'm not gonna get too low on her, I'm not gonna get too low on her, because I don't think that's fair either. I don't think it's fair to be too high or, or too low. You got to kind of be even keeled with it. So with Agapova, clearly talented, Fight IQ could could use a little little fine tuning here, and we'll see we'll see what she does in her third outing. But you know, let, let's not get too wild either direction here. Uh, moving on here on the main card opener, it was a uh, win for Daniel Rodriguez over Dwight Grant uh, by first round knockout. Uh, that was another kind of crazy comeback. Grant was putting it on Rodriguez, um, heavy strikes being thrown, and 
Daniel Rodriguez. Wow, that guy has some serious fucking power in his hand, especially his left hand. Um, I mean, we've already seen this in the UFC from that Gabe Green war that he was in. That was a really, really good fight. Uh, maybe not maybe not a fight of the year contender, but maybe a fight of the month contender. Uh, that, that Rodriguez and Green fight. Uh, Rodriguez has got a chin on him. He, he definitely got rocked. He definitely uh, was getting swarmed on by Grant, but he stuck with it. Uh, really kind of slapped him with that left hand to start the finishing sequence on Grant. Uh, I mean, he he can generate a lot of power in, in not a lot of space. He probably had like six inches to throw that left hand. Tapped him on the chin. Grant went flying back, and then probably 30 seconds later, knocks him out with uh, the the left hook again. Uh, dangerous guy moves to 13 and one. Uh, I'd be I'm very interested to see what this guy this guy can do um, as he moves on. Uh, he's tied for the most wins in 2020. I think he's three and zero, which is surprising to me. That slowly crept up on me that Rodriguez is, you know, putting together quite the resume here in the UFC, albeit against you know lower level UFC competition. But again. You got to beat the lower level competition to get to the higher level ranked competition. And, you know, it's a fucking grind. Ask Bilal Muhammad, dude. It's a fucking grind to try to get a ranked opponent. You know what I mean? Muhammad had, I forget who his one loss in the UFC was, but he had one, he was like 5-0 and in the UFC, had one loss, and then had to go 5-0 and again just to get where he is now or, or something crazy like that. You know what I mean? A loss will hurt you f- far more than a win will help you in most scenarios. Um, so good for Rodriguez. I mean, if you can knock people out like that, I mean, you're going to, you're going to have, uh, an express ticket to, uh, to, to being ranked, uh, moving on here. Uh, I did not watch this fight. I was too busy playing, uh, UFC four, which is a fucking button, button mashing, uh, cheap game, uh, with Drew Peterson. So I didn't watch this one from what I saw on Twitter. People saw, people thought that Mizuki in a way beat Amanda Lemos, um, don't have anything to say on this. There's no ramifications for this fight. Uh, moving on, a fight that I did watch. Jordan Wright knocks out, well, Dr. Stoppage, TKO, of Ike Villanueva. Uh, I was right to pick Jordan Wright, um, funnily enough. Um, Ike Villanueva, that was the guy who got knocked out by Chase Sherman, one of the worst fighters I've ever seen. Grace, <laughs> well, I don't want to say the opposite of Grace, but you can... <laughs> You can fill in the blanks, but to grace the UFC octagon. Um, so I knew Ike Villanueva, not that great of a fighter, and uh, obviously played out here. Uh, Dr. Stoppage, Drew Peterson thought that was a really nasty cut. I didn't really see what he was talking about. I still don't see what he was talking about. Didn't The cut really didn't look that bad to me. It was, I mean, it was definitely bad enough to stop it, don't get me wrong. But when you talk about, like, Overeem getting his lip blown up or... Uh, who the fuck was that? african-american gentleman in the early ufc who had the worst cut of all time oh i sent it to i sent it to drew uh, it was a nasty picture i want to oh, i want to say it was maurice smith but uh, i feel like it might have been after that but there was that guy who had like you could see his skull like it was like a six inch long skull deep cut i i forget who it was but it, it definitely was a ufc cut um but yeah, good for Jordan Wright. Never heard of him. <laughs> Props. Never heard of a lot of the guy. Never heard of a lot of the people here fighting on this card. Uh, Matthew Semmelsberger beats Carlton Minus. Have nothing to say on that one. I, I pretty obvious that Semi won that fight. Had Minus hurt um, in the second and third round, but you know, whatever. I have nothing to say about it. 
Sucks that Minus didn't win because, uh, you know, came from Alaska FC and we're big respecters of Alaska. Uh, really, we're just big respecters of whatever our demographic is. You know what I mean? Whether, whether or not it's it's the Philippines or China or uh, Denmark. I mean, I haven't checked them in probably about a week, but, you know, whoever's tuning in, you know, just know we're big respecters of, of people tuning in. Um, and then the first fight of the night on the, it was the prelim opener. Uh, it was a second round knockout. Trevin Jones knocking out Timor Valiev or Timor Valiev. I always fuck that up. Was, was Valiev a boxer? Was he that really fucking gargantuan looking Russian? I feel like that name sounds familiar, but Timor Valiev doesn't matter how I pronounce his name. Cause he's a loser. Uh, he lost this one. Uh, shout out to five star Trevin Jones. Not the worst nickname I've ever I've ever heard. Um, shout out to Guam. You know what I mean? You, now you have a, a, a guy who's in the UFC. Uh, he had a real bad record coming into this one. I was not looking forward to this fight from a Trevin Jones standpoint. I thought he was going to get worked. Uh, he did get worked. If if Timor, uh, when he when Trevin Jones got hit with a couple of those body strikes and he kind of crumpled down to the ground, if Valiev would have believe would have um, you know got on him, could have finished him. But, uh, Jesus Christ, that's loud. Uh, but Valiev could have stopped that fight in the first round. He chose not to. He was kind of putting the work on him, and then Jones turned on him and, and eventually stopped him. I think the stoppage was a little bit too early. I would have liked to have seen Valiev, you know, given a little more time to recover. I think he was recovering, uh, so it was stopped early. Listen, you can look at the dichotomy of both of these fighters in this given fight, going on the attack. Jones took a far bigger beating from Valiev in the first round and the ref didn't stop it. And then when Jones puts it on Valiev, they, they stop it before it even remotely gets to how bad Valiev had Jones hurt. So not that great of a stoppage. I'm not going to fucking cry over the stoppage. I can tell you that much, but uh, shout out to Trevin Jones. I mean, there was three major comebacks and yeah, that's... <laughs> Timur Valiev shows why finishing power is important. You know what I mean? You could be putting it on someone the entire time, but if you lose the last 30-second stretch, well, then it didn't mean a whole lot. Now, did it? Uh, yeah, so that's pretty much all I have on uh, on UFC. Uh, might be a little bit of a shorter episode here just because, yeah, there. I mean, it was a real nondescript night. A lot of fighters that uh, nobody had any idea who they were. Um... And, and, and that's kind of what I said on the preview show. I said, you know, just because you don't know who the fighters are doesn't mean it's not going to be good. And I hoped that I would know. Obviously, I've heard of a lot of these names, but that I would know, could like commit to memory some of these people. And I don't think it was that type of night. I was kind of hoping where it's like, oh, here are two unknown fighters. Uh, will I remember this person's name after this performance, even though I didn't before? Uh, there's a couple. There's a couple, but I think for the for the you know the general public, the general casual UFC fans, n- yeah, no, nobody had a breakout, you know, Amanda Hebas or uh, or uh, you know a, a Burns brother performance. I'll remember Trevin Jones. I don't know if a lot of people will, just because who the fuck was even tuning in in the first place. Uh, but you know, Trevin Jones, good to him. Will I remember Jordan Wright? Definitely not. Will I remember Amanda Lemos? Definitely not. Uh, will I remember Shanna Dobson? I guess, but it's not like she had a super great performance either. So, I don't know. Just kind of uh, one of those uh, cards you got to get through. Um, 
You know what I mean? But there's listen, there's been a lot of fights getting canceled uh, the last couple of weeks. So, I mean, you never you never really know. I mean, in fairness, this card might have been pretty good if uh, some of these uh, canceled fights uh, actually came to fruition. I mean, OSP and Metafield, that would have been interesting. Maki Patolo and Impa Kasangane. I'm not trying to act like, the, you know, that would have been a fucking fight of the year. But, I mean, two powerful guys would have been interesting to see. Um, and then of course, uh, and, 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 uh, UL Romero and Uriah Hall, that was supposed to be the co-main event or actually, no, that was supposed to be the main event, wasn't it? So, I mean, I don't know. It's tough. I mean, it's tough times all around, but I will definitely forget, uh, I'll definitely forget this card because it, um, uh, wasn't, wasn't super amazing. Uh, moving on here, I don't have a whole lot in my mailbag here. I just wanted to briefly mention that Vadim Nemkov is now the Bellator light heavyweight champion. He defeats Ryan Bader by second round uh, finish. Uh, yeah, Ryan Bader's definitely not the best light heavyweight in the world, Scott Coker. Uh, you're, you might be on a little... You might, you might be on something if you think that's the, the case. Um, I would have said before the fight that Ryan Bader probably is in... Actually, we did that on, on yesterday's... Or uh, Friday's show, I believe. Uh, where Ryan Bader probably is a, if he was in the UFC, probably would be number eight or number nine in the light heavyweight division. Ryan Bader beats up senior citizens, uh, beats up senior citizen fighters, not, not, not senior citizens, I guess that, that would be, uh, not what it meant, but yeah, he beats up super old fighters, takes them out to the pasture and beats up nobodies. Uh, how anybody ever thought Ryan Bader was the best on the planet? Just absolutely fucking not. Absolutely not. Um, now, Nemkov, I don't know. Maybe this guy is good. He you know, he did get knocked out by Yuri Prohaska. So, I mean, there's kind of a UFC MMA math component to it. But, I mean, in fair, you know, I know Ryan Bader isn't. I think Nemkov, we're, we're, we've still yet to see his complete potential. So, I'll reserve opinion on Nemkov. Although, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Nemkov is a top 10 fighter. Uh, or light heavyweight in the world, so I mean that was that was absolutely ridiculous. Um, I saw a, a graphic here from Bellator. They posted. Uh, let me try to pull it up here, but they posted something because that was an interesting talker. Where you know, oh, uh, Coker says Bader's the, the the best light heavyweight in the world. So uh, they posted something uh, that said, in light of recent discussion around which light heavyweight champ reigns supreme. Who wins these fantasy fights? And they were fantasy fights between UFC fighters, uh, UFC champs, and Bellator champs. And I gotta say, the UFC would fucking smoke Bellator in every single one of these nine fights, and it wouldn't even be close. Would not even remotely be close. I think the UFC pretty safely would get a clean sweep here. Stipe Miocic and Ryan Bader. Uh, Miocic would... Oh, Miocic would do illegal things to Ryan Bader. He would really hurt Ryan Bader. Uh, the the winner of Dominic Reyes or Jan Blachowicz and Vadim Nemkov. Uh, now, that would be interesting because, again, like I said, I'll reserve opinion on Nemkov just because uh, he's still growing as a fighter and he's still young and he hasn't really been in the limelight for that long, uh, if you want, if you want to argue ever. Uh, but Reyes would put a hurting on him. Maybe Nemkov would fare well versus Blahovich, but I'd still definitely favor Blahovich. Uh, Israel Adesanya versus Gegard Mousasi or Douglas Lima. Adesanya would put in the fucking work on either of those guys. Usman and Lima. 
That would be interesting because I do think uh, Lima is probably the best fighter that Bellator has, but fuck, Usman, Usman might be the best fighter the UFC has. I mean, Usman's... Uh, well, I mean, uh, you got to put Khabib and Jones, but yeah, Usman's pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. Uh, it might be a boring fight between Usman and Lima, but yeah, I don't think that would really be uh, particularly close. Uh, Khabib versus Patricio Pitbull at lightweight. Khabib would fucking smash him. <laughs> it, it, it really wouldn't be close. Really would not be close. Uh, Volkanovski and Pitbull. I don't think that'd be close either. I would heavily favor Volkanovski. Uh, Amanda Nunez and Chris Cyborg. We saw how that played out in real life. Nunez knocked her out in less than 60 seconds. So I have... I, <laughs> I have complete faith that Amanda Nunez would beat Chris Cyborg again. Piotr Jan versus Juan Archuleta or Patchy Mix. Uh, Piotr Jan would put the work in on Archuleta. Archuleta is... Look... Kind of like Conor McGregor said about Khabib, although he was dead wrong about Khabib. But would you believe that there's a 24-2 fighter in Bellator, in Juan Archuleta? Would you believe that there's a guy who has 24 wins and 2 losses in the bantamweight division? Like, huh, wow, I wonder how good... You have 24 wins and 2 losses, I wonder how good of opponents you're fighting. Yeah, spoiler alert, not very good opponents for Archuleta. And when he's faced decent opponents, uh, that's where his 2 losses have come from. Patchy Mix? I don't know. That guy is undefeated. He is... Patchy Mix, Patchy Mix is legit. Uh, I think he will be the Bellator champ because I do think he'll beat Archuleta. You're looking at that guy's record. Um, I think he's like 26 or 27. So he's, he's still re- pretty young. Uh, he was 10-0 and as an amateur, and I think he's 13-0 and or 14-0 and as a professional fighter. So yeah, he's never fucking lost, pro or amateur. And... 10-0 as an amateur, that's a lot of experience for, for an MMA amateur. Uh, and then Shevchenko and Ale Malay McFarlane. I, I actually would like to see the UFC sign Ale Malay McFarlane, even though I think she just re-si- re-signed with uh, Bellator uh, within the last calendar year. Uh, but I don't think it would be close. I don't think it would be close. I think McFarlane would beat a lot of women in the UFC's uh, flyweight division. But I don't think anybody in the flyweight division in Bellator or the UFC is going to beat Shevchenko anytime soon. So, kind of funny. They were getting roasted uh, in the comments, being like, yeah, that's a clean sweep for the UFC. That's just honestly not even close. Um, so, I mean, Bellator's cute. They, they can try. But, um, yeah, they, uh, Bellator does not have top fighters. I don't care what anybody says. They don't have top fighters. Um, you know what I mean? And it, it kind of makes me wish that there was a competitor for the UFC because when there's competition, uh, you know, that's when the UFC is really going to shine and, and get better. Uh, I do think it is kind of unfortunate that there is no direct competitor. Um, so like even, even like Strikeforce, Strikeforce was legitimate as fuck. Like, so even like compare Strikeforce and Bellator, like, Strikeforce competing against the UFC and Bellator competing against the UFC. N- apples and fucking razor blades, those two comparisons, because Bellator uh, has awful fighters. Strikeforce, you look at, strike, you know, the, the list of Strikeforce champs, yeah, most of them became UFC champs at some point. So Strikeforce actually was remarkably close to, to the UFC in, in, in regards to, you know, high-level talent. I mean, Rockhold, Cormier... Uh, Overeem, um, 
fuck, even guy who's even guys who didn't become champs, like even like you got to respect like a Kung Lee, like ah, he, you know he he had a couple of main events in the UFC. Um, so Gilbert Melendez became uh, champ. He was the last ever uh, Strike Force lightweight champ. So you know Strike Force was legit as shit. Now there are Bellator fighters who have become UFC champions, but nowhere near the number of Strike Force champs. Strike Force had, I mean, dude, like fucking Jacare and like all these guys. Um, even like a Nate Marquardt. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess when he came over the, the last time from Strike Force, I guess, you know, it was a little past his prime. But, uh, you know, Bellator, all right, you have Eddie Alvarez. I mean, Ben Askren made it to the UFC. Uh, obviously, that's a kind of a bad example because that was a little too late. But, like, Hector Lombard didn't really do shit in the UFC. Um, fuck, who else became... Like, pretty much nobody, like, Lyman Good. So, it, it's it's a tough comparison. Um, Yeah, I think we emptied the mailbag here, so this is going to be a little bit of a shorter show. Uh, we'll have a show tomorrow. Don't know what we'll talk about, but we'll find something. Maybe we'll talk uh, NBA. Uh, the Lakers and uh, Trailblazers game is going on currently. Uh, just watched the Miami Heat and Indiana Pacers game. Um, so oh, yeah, a whole bunch of stuff going on there. Maybe we'll talk, uh, NBA draft or, uh, you know, I'm sure there'll be MMA news tomorrow cause it, it's going to be Tuesday and that's, uh, when a lot of fight announcements happen, uh, around the UFC. It seems like that's their matchmaking day. So, uh, a whole lot of fun stuff. Oh, and we'll probably do a preview of uh, the contender series. I forgot about that. That's on, uh, tomorrow. So, uh, we'll probably do a preview of that and then maybe a special topic. I mean, who knows? We'll, we'll kind of play it by ear here, but uh, with that, we'll wrap it up. So you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N. Uh, you got to follow the mailman at Owen the Mailman. Check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. We have current updated UFC rankings uh, the Saturday night slash Sunday morning of the uh, of the fight. Uh, and thanks for tuning in, everybody.